call you back. I have to help these guys. Where in Rima, 7 till 9, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. That man will not be your nominee in 2024. He Who's won't that? be. Who are we talking Joe, about? Joe Biden. Oh, Biden? No. Oh, he God. won't be the nominee. Something's going to happen, you know, yeah. some sort of illness, or he'll slip and fall, or something. Oh, can't do this now, ladies and gentlemen. we got to bring in somebody else. Yes. But uh, I don't think he's going to be the nominee, and uh, all this information they are uncovering, they're not going to do anything. The Republic- if the Republicans were going to do something about it, they would have already done something, right? Yeah, you, know? you said it right before we went on the air, that we're going to sit through this crap for another week. And, yeah, it's pretty damning, all of it. And nothing's going to happen yeah. because Hunter Biden is the very definition of privilege, man. Mm-hmm. White privilege. White privilege. Hello, Democrats. <laughs> you got the very definition of white privilege. It's the biggest scandal, by the way, that's ever hit our country. There's no doubt I about think it. I so, yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's much bigger than, than Watergate. Watergate was a theft right. in, you know, in a building. Uh, that happens a gazillion times a day. In fact, now, if you try to do what they did and try to stop a theft now, well, then they, you get fired from the company that you're, st- <laughs> that you're, that you're representing. Right, right, You see the Lowe's right. woman? 68-year-old yeah. Lowe's woman has worked there at Lowe's for 13 years, and those guys come in, and they're filling up their carts and leaving, and she grabbed one of the carts. Well, Lowe's fired her. Of course. One of the dudes punched her and gave her a black eye, and Lowe's fired her. So, uh, you know, if if Watergate were to happen today, they'd give the uh, bad guys the medal. They'd get Richard Nixon well, would still be the president. As long as they're a member of the right, pr- right. As long as they're a, right, they just keep. Re- if he was a Democrat, we'd still have President Nixon. He's been dead, you know, twenty years that's or thirty. Right. He'd still be the president because that's how they roll. Yeah, you know, the the party affiliation really does kind of determine everything. Because you know what. Everybody should be upset about this. Yeah. Everybody. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care who you are, libertarian. Everybody should be upset about the vice president and the president selling policy for cash. 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 For Large, vast amounts of cash. Well, the the bag of Coke is the little thing. Yeah, that's a small deal, man. That's a small deal. Yeah. Uh, With the amount of money that Andy Biggs was talking about last week, he's a Republican from Arizona. He says, we've uncovered about $100 million. A hundred million. Think about that. So, I mean, they've confirmed about 30. That's been confirmed. He said, we've uncovered about a hundred million. And uh, Comer said there's going to be new stuff come out, new reports and and bank transactions, all that's going to come out this week. But again, I mean, who's going to do anything about it? And what (laughs) are they going to do? Well, I mean, you know, you got half the country convinced it's a scam and this is QAnon stuff and racism. And they just hate the Bidens because they're such good people and, they're all Trump cultists, and, and, and a lot of people really do actually believe that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm encountering that idea more and more. Uh, and uh, you, you've got a, a, a secondary government in place that's populated, and you and I talk about this all the time with Democrats and Republicans, and no, they're not going to do a damn thing. They're going to make a big show of it, but they're not going to do anything about it. And if they're not going to do anything about it, then what's all? What's the point of all this? Right, exactly. Uh, and now we're finding out that Devin Archer, the right-hand man to uh, – to Hunter Biden all these years, um, is going to testify before Congress this week. And yeah. He's going to tell Congress that, well, yeah, there were multiple telephone calls, more than two dozen that were made where Hunter, we were at a business meeting, and Hunter would put Joe on the speakerphone, and Joe would direct the meeting, that this Ugh. was Joe's operation. Joe is the Don. Joe's the big guy. Joe's the, right. you know, the, the Gotti, John Gotti of all this. And Hunter's basically the enforcer. Hunter's the guy who calls up and said, you don't want a horse head in your bed, you'll do what I tell you to do. You know, that kind of thing. Give me the money. And that's how this operation has been running now for decades, according to these Republicans, and why they haven't already filed impeachment charges against this guy, I'll never know. It's treason. Yeah. It's treasonous behavior, man. I mean, I'm not a law expert, and I'm not a constitutional expert, but it seems like treason to me. Especially if you combine that with this open border, and they're probably making money off of that somehow through the trafficking thing. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe Hunter's getting a cut of the action with the drugs coming in. I don't know. But, my God, you've got all the evidence you need right in front of you. This isn't conjecture. No. This is stuff you can track on a paper trail and in email trails and recordings of phone calls. And, and People don't care. You know, people don't care. What I've said for quite some time, and I, I think you have too, is that Republicans, how, how would Democrats be handling this if it were completely flipped? In other words, 
if this were Trump uh. and they had this much evidence on Trump, what the Democrats would do, we already know because they impeached him twice without evidence. With no evidence None, at all. Right? In fact, the second time they impeached him for what Joe Biden did. Joe Biden right. actually did what they impeached Trump for. And and I'm just waiting for the Republicans to grow a pair and to do what, you know, start acting like the Democrats. No, start I, going after these people. I agree. You know? But, I, you know, it also takes a groundswell of people, you know, who yeah. uh, across party lines are going to say enough. Right. And it, it politics has have become so poisonous these days that you do have plenty of people, whether they're in the media or in the government or just average working folks who are Democrats. And they turn, they're turning their back on this thing. I think that's right. And that's how you lose a country. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I think they're looking at this and they're going, Washington is corrupt. We know it's corrupt. Right. That's why I don't vote anymore. I'm out. I'm going to listen to my George Michael CD. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, or there are people who are Democrats yeah. who believe, who are like, oh, this is all just made up and right. crap and this isn't true. You right. know what I mean? So, but so many, do people don't even wanna, so many people don't even want to get into it and think about what's going on. So they just check out. They don't want to hear about on September of 19, 2019 and then May of 2020. They don't want to hear all that. It's like I, they don't really even care. It's like, so what? Washington is corrupt. Let me just live my life and leave me alone. That's what they want. Well, there's a fair amount of people living that way, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> how do you get around that? Well, you don't. You bring in the George Michael CD. You're yeah. talking about me. <laughs> well, no, I'm just, no, no. You, you've been you've been jamming on that for a long time, and I'm just using that as an example. <laughs> oh, no, I people, know. I'm just, people I'm just messing will, with you. People but, uh, will, will well, go listen to whatever, it, it, you know. It's, it's hard to, for a lot of folks, and I, I know of myself, there, there comes a point where, no, it's not about not being engaged, but you have to know when to disconnect from it and take a breather. Right. Uh, because it's so overwhelming, the scope of what we're talking about as far as the corruption of our own government. And we're living it here in San Antonio. I mean, we see it every day. Yeah. That if you try to wade through that 24-7, you're, you're going to go nuts. And you're going to become inured, and you're going to get numbed out. That's what's happening. So actually, you know, for your mental health, you need to take a break every now and again and come back and look at it fresh. I think a lot of people have just checked out, though. You know, well, yeah. they're, they're like, uh, you know, Washington is corrupt, and well, I, I know, know it's corrupt. Though, because look at the reaction. I mean, we talk about the Aldine song, and we talk about the movie, and we talk about right. people. There are actually, it seems like, a lot of people who are who are awake going, hey, this is screwed up. Well, I hope that's stop right. This. I hope you that's know? right. Uh, now, Joe, on Friday, I don't know if you saw this video, but he was giving a speech on Friday and he turned, and somebody asked. They were, some of the people were asking him some questions. Some of the uh, uh, journalists, and uh, he was asked a question about China. And Joe turned, and he stumbled, kind yeah. of out of the room, walking like a robot, kind of way, yeah. you know. And he goes over because the deal was not over. They weren't done with this press conference or whatever he was giving. And he grabs the door jam and starts to pull the door over himself, <laughs> and he pulls it open. And he walks out of the other room, and all the aides are standing around going, where's he going? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they're just shocked that he's walking out like that. And then he goes, he turns to everybody, and he goes, how are we going to get these guys down there? <laughs> and everybody looked at him like, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah. Get, get who, where? No, how are we going to get these guys down there? I'm telling you, he's checked out. He's not going to be the nominee. Well, our, our mutual friend Clay pointed something out over the weekend that I've started to notice now that I'm looking for it, uh, is that he's he's got one hand that is almost always clenched into a fist. And fist clenching is a sign of later stage dementia. Uh, my mom had one hand that was clenched so tight in the final few months of her life that you'd have to pry her fingers apart and, and kind of clean in there and you're i've noticed that too you're seeing biden has that one clenched fist everywhere he wow. goes wow and that's a sign just unmistakably a sign of, yeah. of dementia and of decline so you're right there's there's not going to be there, at some point they're not going to be able to bs their way around this no. and and come up with new explanations why uh because it's going to be unmistakable you're you're not going to be able to put him in front of a camera for any reason no. I, when i was looking at the campaign his campaign over the weekend there's three staffers there's one um woman who's working in a basically a donated office right overlooking the amtrak station in dc yeah uh, so far they have spent 1.4 million dollars on the campaign and just as a comparison during the same time frame in Obama's reelection, they had already spent eleven million. Right, right. So it's kind of like they're not even trying. Now we're not going to waste the money. 
Yeah. Well, we're going to have to toss it into somebody else's campaign yeah. halfway through. And it's not right. And it's not that they don't have the money because the big money people are lining up to yeah. shovel shovel money his way. Right. But they're not even trying. It's kind of like they already know. They they either know, and I think uh, Rich Lowry wrote about this. They even they they know a couple of things. Either a he's not going to be the nominee, and they're not wasting the money like you were just right. saying. Or B, they think that Trump is going to be the nominee and that they can beat Trump, that Joe's thinking that. I can, right. I beat him once, I can beat him again, so I don't even need to try. Or C, could be anything. Could be, you know, he's he's just knocked out. You know, right. So who knows? Well, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a very interesting campaign all the way around, or election cycle all the way around, because you really can't predict this crap. No, you can't. This country's never really gone through anything like this, so who knows, man? Yeah, I mean, we just looked at the video together of him in the middle of, oh, yeah. of speech where he was answering questions. He just turned and walked off, and I mentioned to you, and he walked out the room, and he said, i got to figure out how to get these guys down there. And nobody really knew what he meant by, we got to get these guys down there. They're all standing around looking at each other like, what does he mean by that? And I was saying that, you know, that's how older people with dementia or senility of some kind, that's how they burn their houses down because they'll start to cook something and yeah. turn around and go sit down and start watching the TV and the stove's still burning. Well, there's no way to focus. They can't focus on anything. They can't remember what happened five minutes ago or 30 seconds ago, which is why they repeat themselves all the time. Right. And, again, it was that video I saw over the you weekend that, where, yeah. where Clay was talking about, you know, the, the, the fist. He's always got a fist going, and that's kind of – a telltale sign there. Point being, yes, there's no way they're, they're going to reach a point where they can't, they just can't put him on camera in any way, shape, or form. I bet you at some point you start seeing more written statements. Well, the president says this official, strand, you know, statement from the White House because he he can barely finish a sentence now. That's correct. That's correct. You know, he will not be the nominee. No, he won't. There's be no way. So, I mean, say CGI, I'm sorry to yeah, well, you know, no, say AI, hey, I mean, I don't know. You could do that. You know. <laughs> suddenly, he gets better, you know. They bring in the robots. Yeah, he looks 10 years younger. Wow. <laughs> it's the old Joe Biden. And, and guess what? The earlobes are correct. Yes. <laughs> All right, so what do you got, man? Oh, uh, well, you may be right about the amount of people in the country who are kind of tuned out. The big movie of the weekend was Barbie. <laughs> starring Margot Robbie, that tells you all Ryan you need to know. Gosling, who's just Ken, right? You know, and uh, 155 million dollars. Uh, now, Oppenheimer did very well too, and they came, the the lineup is this, and I think this is you know, it brings me to something I want to bring up. Barbie was number one, Oppenheimer was number two, Sound of Freedom was number three. Sound of Freedom still continues to rock and roll, and I I, I was thinking about this over the weekend because I kind of. It discovered a little hypocrisy on my end that I got to kind of clean up real quick. Okay. In that I have said for years, and I absolutely believe this, that you can accomplish more not only with art or a creative endeavor, but pop art. Uh, I've always thought of myself as a pop artist. Popular art is art that a large, vast swatch of the of the population will will tune into and get something out of no matter who you are, what your circumstances are. That's the definition of pop art. And and I've been kind of cracking on the song and the and the and the and the and the movie because they weren't exactly my cup of tea, but it is profound the reaction a song and a movie are having, which is something I've always promoted. So I, I kind of found myself <laughs> wandering into hypocrisy in a sense kind of mocking some of the reaction or based upon what I felt was the quality of the song and the film. So rock on. I mean, it's it's number three. It's overtaken. Uh, the Sound of Freedom has overtaken the, the Tom Cruise movie. It's now made, uh, I think, a couple, a few mil, hundred million or million, what a gazillion dollars more than the Tom Cruise flick, which is quite a feat. Uh, it's considering when that guy releases an, a Mission Impossible movie, it tends to sweep everything. Yeah. So, you know, I've... I, I, that's the reality of it is that you you actually can affect a lot of folks sure. and how they think with a song with a movie with a book you know with a with a whatever you, you know whatever kind of art you want to talk about that's popular and a lot of people consume sure so good on them you yeah. know and I, I tell you what and I said this before as far as the sound of freedom yeah. I'm glad they're making crap loads of money because it means that little studio will be able to make more movies that's and right. Frankly, better movies down the road because they'll have more money to invest in the production. So 
it's a good thing. It's all a good thing. It is a good thing, and it is inspiring people to do things like right. Jeanette Ball, who is the superintendent from Southwest. She was listening to me on Friday morning when I was giving her kudos right. for buying tickets for her entire staff. And so we had her on uh, this morning, and uh, she just basically said she was so inspired by what happened in the movie. It was so emotional. She bought 100 tickets at first and just told the staff, if you want to. There's no pressure, right. but if you want to see it, you can see it. Well, it, the response was so overwhelming, she had to buy 50 more. And right. she said, I'm willing to buy as many as I need to buy so that everybody can see this. And she's also going to do some training for the staff so that they'll recognize what's going on. All, it's all The interview is at 620. It's all on the, right. on the podcast if anybody wants to hear it. But it was an inspiration to see that they have reached her in San Antonio, Southwest Independent School District. Maybe they've reached a whole bunch of other people all across the country, and they're responding in, in like manner. Now, the left, they're still trying to kill the movie, right? And so They're not the, doing a good job. They're not. <laughs> they're not. But their new thing is, well, let me just tell you this, Sean. This is on the left's TV. ABC and CNN, they're all doing this on their TV now. Well, Actually, QAnon is going to use the sound of freedom to force chips into all of the children. This is this is their advertising. They they're going to drive you crazy, thinking that all these kids are being kidnapped. So all the kids need to be chipped. That's what they're <laughs> going to do next. Now you know that, right? You're like, come on, people. You're trying whatever you can try to crap can this movie, and every time you do, it's kind of like Trump's ratings every time he's indicted. Right. <laughs> right. More people go see the movie. Right. Not to mention, these are the very people who, you know what, they'd love to put a chip in your head and know your every move and everywhere you go. Right. Come on, That's man. what I'm talking about. Yes. Cut, cut three, Jimmy. Um, there's a, a very famous guy that you know. Uh, you've seen his movies and television shows before. He's co-founder of Thorn, which is a oh. digital defender. You heard me play this this morning. No, my wife told me about this a few weeks ago, that he has this program that the government actually uses to go into the dark web and find these guys. Yeah, it's Digital Defenders of Children. Yeah. It's, um, it's Ashton Kutcher, and this is him testifying before Congress, and you can hear the emotion in his voice. Right. I've met victims that have been trafficked from Mexico, victims in New York and New Jersey and all across our country. I've been on FBI raids where I've seen things that no person should ever see. I've seen video content of a child that's the same age as mine being raped by an American man that was a sex tourist in Cambodia. And this child was so conditioned by her environment that she thought she was engaging in play. I've been on the other end of a phone call from my team asking for my help because we had received a call from the Department of Homeland Security telling us that a seven-year-old girl was being sexually abused and that content was being spread around the dark web. And she had been being abused, and they'd watched her for three years, and they could not find the perpetrator, asking us for help. We were the last line of defense. An actor and his foundation were the potential last line of defense. That's my day job, and I'm sticking to it. Wow. Ashton Kutcher. Um... So here's the deal, as I've always said, you're brought to a decision about this movie. Either it's just another movie for you, or it's going to be an action thing for you to take action. That action might just be talking to the people in your circle of influence, like sitting around the coffee pot and telling people about what's going on with our children. But the action point, I also think, and this is just me and people can poo-poo it or whatever, but I believe you have to answer to God about these things, too. One day you're going to meet him, and I think he's going to say to you, what did you do with that info? Right. Well, what's interesting about Kutcher, okay, Mm -hmm. is that most celebrities who have all the means in the world to do all kinds of cool stuff very often uh, reduce their uh, uh, input uh, to a post or, you know, I'm going to post something or I got a Twitter account of me naked. I want you to pay attention to this issue. Kutcher paid guys to come up with a program mm-hmm. that, again, our own government uses to track these guys. It goes into the dark web to find the actual number or whatever the identifying thing is about any given website because the dark web hides this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's rescued however many people. So there's a guy who put his money and his time into actually doing something. He was met with that decision and did something about it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
I, I got to tell you about Saturday at the football game. Oh yeah, how'd that go? It was great. Oh we, cool. We lost. We lost. But that's uh, you know we're still we're in the playoffs. Right. You know? I, I you know when you sit here and think about we were three and eight at this point last year. This year we're eight and four. Come on, man! What a big turnaround! Big, right. big turnaround, and so no reason to hang your head. Wish, wish we would have done better here at the end, but no reason at all to hang your head. Uh, a couple of fun things I just want to mention real fast. Sure. First of all, the national anthem at the beginning. Rebecca Vermulian, she's a SAPD cop. She's a training officer. Oh wow! And she was there to sing the national anthem in her uniform. Sean, I'm telling you, it's one of the best renditions of the national anthem I've ever, I've ever heard in oh, my life. Oh, wow. You know, Randy Carroll did it there. He was great. Our own Ben Bailey did it on the guitar there. Oh, yeah. He yeah. was good. He really was, man. He really was. But this girl was amazing. If you ever get a chance to say hi to Officer Vermeulen, make sure you do. And uh, and I hope you someday get to hear her do the national anthem. I'd like for her to do it on my show one day, so maybe we'll see if we can do that. The other thing was, th- this is a different brand of football so much because you're so close to the action, right? Right. So one of their guys started a fight with one of our guys and one of those things. Not a bench clearer, <laughs> but pretty close to it. Several guys were involved. And a referee was standing there close to me. I said, hey, ref, come here. I was on the sidelines. So he comes over to me. I said, aren't you going to throw the flag? I mean, you know, they, they're picking, you know, they got our guy, you know. And he said, I didn't see anything. I didn't see it happen. Did you? I said, yeah, I saw it. Give me your flag. I'll throw it. <laughs> oh, wow. So that's the kind of fun it is to go to these games. We, we wanted, to, wanted to go to this one because of the first response. We, we we had a volunteer thing we had to do, but I yep. want to go. I, I'm not a huge football fan, but I've heard so many things about this that even if you're not a football fan, you'll enjoy this. Yeah. My wife really wants to go, yeah. so we're we're planning a because they got more time to go, right? How long's the season? Well, go? we got we got the playoffs. I don't know that we're going to be back here. Uh, you know, that's we're going to the playoffs right. now, so I don't know that we're going to be playing back oh, here. Okay. That was the last shot, I think, for here. But there's next year. There's always next year. But it's so. a lot of fun, and it's people seem blast, to enjoy it. And that's man. what matters, man. Well, I took some some folks uh, on Saturday that had never been, right? And they were like, "Oh my God, I didn't realize how much fun this was." Right. There you right. go. Very cool. All right. So back to Biden. How screwing up our lives. <laughs> Back to the topic at hand. That's right. How America is sucking right now, thanks well, to Joe Biden. You know, this this one gets me because, well, like like Jason Aldean. Let's let, Jimmy. Let's go ahead and let me just set it up with Jason Aldean because he's got that life in a small town. Don't right. try that in a small town. I can relate. Uh, I remember when San Antonio was a relatively small town, relatively right, back right. in the day. Uh, when Nancy and I first got married, we moved to Stockdale, Texas, and literally one stoplight in Stockdale, <laughs> very small town. And his song is right, don't try that in a small town. Because a small town responds better or differently than a, than a big oh, town. Oh, yes, they do. So um, all, all this stuff happened over the weekend. Uh, Luke uh, uh, pulled his stuff from CMT. Um, Luke Bryan, that is. Right. Uh, Hank Williams Jr. resigned from the board of CMT. CMT <laughs> pulled the record. They're not right. showing the video anymore. Uh, Ted Nugent, the Nuge, came out and said, this guy nailed it. Jason Aldean nailed it, right? A lot of people supporting him. Here's Aldean himself at the concert after having what he called a hell of a week. Listen to this. <laughs> I love my country. I love my family. And I will do anything to protect that. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. So what right. he said before that, at the beginning of the clip, he said, I want to go back to the time before all this bull stuff happened to us, right? Which, I, you know, I remember America before all the bull crap started to happen to us that we're going through now. This country was founded on freedom by a bunch of guys who gave their lives to fight for freedom. Right. Live free or die, give me liberty or give me death. Now the Biden administration announces that they're going for yet more of your freedoms, this time in your appliances. So we've been talking about the gas stoves that they are banning now. You're going to have to have an electric stove. The clothes washers. They're going to do the same thing to clothes washers they did to toilets years ago. Going to use a little bit of water. Your clothes aren't going to get clean. Right. All the manufacturers from Maytag and everybody else are saying that. Your clothes are not going to get clean. So you're right. going to have to wash your clothes two or three times. Refrigerators, the same thing, and they're driving up the price of refrigerators between $1,000 and $1,200 on average. Right. Air conditioning systems, they're driving up the price of the air conditioning systems outside of, your, uh, of everybody's homes by five to $10,000. They announced over the weekend that they're going after your water heater. <laughs> so they want you to be on an electric water heater. And for those of us, and I have 
a few of them who have portable gas generators in case your electricity goes out. Right. Like when the like when the snow hits, your electricity goes out. <laughs> right. Or if you're out on the deer lease or something and you want to run your portable gas uh, generator so you have some electricity or you're camping or whatever, he's going to take those away. He's banning those. <laughs> So with all the banning and all the regulation that he is doing by fiat, just because I'm the king of the world and I can do whatever the hell I want to because nobody's going to challenge me, they're taking away all of these freedoms that we have and driving the price of everything up. But the ultimate freedom, I believe, that they're taking, uh, taking away from us, by putting everybody on electricity and removing gas from us, the option of gas to cook with, to water, to heat our clothes with, or, or to run our generator on, uh, when they're taking away all of that, they can ultimately control everything that you do. Mm. Because, Sean, if you are not a good boy this week, I'm just going to turn the power off to your house. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's they, they, if they could do that tomorrow, they would. I, absolutely. And they got stuff in place, I imagine, now that's uh, that's heading in that direction. I think the reaction to the to the song is is very profound because small towns really are the backbone of this country. I mean, the greatest population concentrations are in the city. But look, when your song is number one, despite all these roadblocks being put in front of it, there's a whole lot of people in the cities who are responding to this song, as well as the folks in the small towns. And I, I predominantly lived in small towns. I mean, you don't small, yeah, you don't roll into a small town and start and start messing around. And I, I think it's it's the idea of that that people are responding with that we're tired of you messing with us, whether it's about the appliances or power, whether it's about the open border and all the crap that comes with that. Now people are talking about child trafficking, whether it's about all this tranny crap and the woke crap that I think people are just saturated with. You know, they're, they're, they're standing with him in that song because it's reflecting something they're thinking and feeling. So it actually moves beyond uh, the, the small town reality, which everything about that is true. I, used, I lived in a uh, started my career in a, in a small town in Maryland, and it was along Chesapeake Bay. This is a fascinating, interesting little story. And you had uh, a, a small sort of island that was right off uh, the coast uh, in this of, Ches- of Chesapeake Bay on this in this part of town, and there was a drawbridge that that led into this small town on this small island. And the joke used to be, it was Tillman Island. Don't mess around on Tillman Island on a Saturday night. Well, they'll raise that bridge yeah, on you. <laughs> well, there you and go. They did. It's the same Point principle. being that, well, yeah, you know what? You may be able to run crazy in a big city in Chicago or Baltimore or Philadelphia, and they're going to let you go, and it's just protesting. But that stuff wouldn't fly around here because yeah. we watch out for each other. And I think people want more of a small-town ethic in this country of people watching out for each other. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, back when the snow happened, and our electricity, our house was out for three days. Right. Right. The only way we cooked anything or kept warm was we have gas. We have a gas right, stove. Right. And, and we have a gas fireplace. Right. So we were able to at least have a fire. The rest of the house was freezing cold, blowing smoke out your mouth, that cold inside that house. Right. And so uh, when you think about, well, first of all, you got people, right now, people are dying from heat across the country. We, sure, have, the, yeah. we have the reports, right? Yeah. You've got people who are struggling to pay their electric bills, so they're raising their thermostats to 85 degrees inside the house, right? right. You've got businesses that are doing the same thing. And the way the Biden administration has responded to that this week is they sent another $1.4 billion to Ukraine. Mm. You've got people dying from heat here, and they don't care about you. Mm. And, and that's, that's, that is the point, is that, first of all, they don't care about you. They're, they're fighting this war in Ukraine. They continue to spend, send more money to Ukraine when you have Americans who are dying from heat. They're not doing anything to help them. But second of all, you know, when you think about it, if you want to control somebody's life and you want to take away their last bit of freedom, you put them on the electrical grid, which is shaky at best anyway, because we get these warnings. Right. It's a yellow day. Get ready. Power may go out at any minute. You know, that kind of thing. Where they can just say, now you're on all electricity. You have no gas power in your house whatsoever. And I'll just turn off off the house. Sure, sure. Uh, Obviously, that's what they want to do. I think that's right. We'll see. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what day is it? It's July 24th. Trey Ware. It's Cousins Day. Make sure you be loving on a cousin today. <laughs> That's a bad idea. Ask Jerry Lee Lewis. He'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Amazing man. That guy didn't have a third eye. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It's, uh, uh, let's see. What the hell was this? Uh, National Tequila Day. What? Which, you know. 
Actually, you know, I, I don't drink tequila. I don't drink anything anymore. But one of the best times I ever had drinking tequila was with you when we drank some Don Julio <laughs> at the dawn of this show. <laughs> and that is some fine ass tequila. We did. Uh, we did have a good morning. Yes, we, we did. weren't on the air. We were no. Somewhere. We were in a movie, uh, that, weren't we? No, that was that weekend before we, we you and I got uh, together when we were getting ready to start this that's show. That's right. And we did a shot or two of Don Julio yes. in your kitchen. Yes, that's right. That's when you explained to me why the bottle is short and round Not instead tall. of tall like most tequila bottles yeah. because two guys sitting across the table from each other can't see each other where they're talking about stuff over a tall bottle. So that's Don it. Julio made a short squat one. You got it. Uh, it's International Self-Care Day, which for some of you might involve tequila. <laughs> 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 or anything else that's you running through actually, my mind. You might actually be heading in the wrong direction with the self-care thing with the tequila, but yeah, hey, yeah. if it works for you. Right. Uh, and finally, let's see, tell an old joke, uh, tell an old joke day. I can't think of one. I had the nun walk into the bar. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, tell an old joke a day. <laughs> There once was a man from Nantucket. <laughs> Finally, this is cool. Uh, July 24th, it is Ruth Buzzy's birthday. Uh, today, uh, Ruthie is uh, having a birthday, and they don't really ever make a big splash out of it, or, you know, but uh, uh, I looked it up, it came up on my, uh, on my Facebook feed. And what a phenomenal person. Just one of the finest ladies I think I've ever met. And you and I grew up in an era where Ruth Buzzy was the queen of comedy. I mean, the seventh, she just, God, she was brilliant. Brilliant. Still is. And so we wanted to wish her and Ken to hope they, hope they have a great day. The thing about Ruthie is she's still funny. She's still so funny. I remember a few years ago, we went to a Mexican place with, with the Kingster, and, and Ruthie was sitting there with a taco, and she had it held up as far as she could hold it, and the cheese was dripping down, and she just kind of crossed her eyes and was watching the cheese drip down. Yeah, she's just she's just an amazing. Person, you know, they, so they, very honest. She's one her. of those they only made one of. Yeah, only you know, one of her. The mold is broken, and yeah. and no more. But I think back to the days, and I like you, I haven't spent the time that you have with her, but I've met her. Right. And I think back to the days of all those celebrity, the Dean Martin celebrity oh, roast God. Yeah. stuff like that. Of course, laugh in. Of course, oh, that's yeah. where I first. You know, uh, that's where the country, I think, met her. Really, was right. the, the the wide exposure of Laugh-In, obviously. But, but those uh, celebrity roasts, the Dean Martin roasts, she was anytime she was on there. There were two people you could guarantee were going to be the hit of the show if they were. Well, three people. One was Don Rickles, right? The other was Foster Brooks, right? And the other was Ruth Buzzy. If any of those, and and Dean Martin was smart enough to know that, and that's why he made sure one of them was on every show. Yeah, right, because he knew those were his go-to. Ratings getters. Oh yeah, and they were yeah. gonna con- they were gonna win the night for him. If Ruth was on the show, if Foster Brooks was on the show, or if Don Rickles was on the show, he had a winner. Well, one thing they'll tell you is that those guys treated her like a queen. Oh, they did. Uh, yeah. Just treated her like royalty, and uh, and that includes at a time way, when people you know really didn't treat it, weren't treating <laughs> treating women all that well. <laughs> well, let's let's toss in though that includes the big guy. Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah. Frank Sinatra treated her like a queen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, yes. And she deserved it. Yes. So. so happy birthday, Ruthie. Hope it's a good day for you. Uh, and pretty much that's all I got. I mean, uh, so, <laughs> it's Monday. Is that going to be it for the rest of the show? Are we uh, done? Yeah, I'm done. Or, I'm just going to go over. hang out in the parking lot. Well, me too. I'm <laughs> no, we have another full freaking hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got a bunch of, this of gig. Well, hey, did I mention that Biden's destroying the country? No. Yeah. I we, didn't know this. We have some more info on how Biden's destroying the country. But we also have this uh, lawsuit that the Department of Justice wants to file against the state of Texas for those little spinny oh, things in the water. You know, go bring it on, baby. Yeah, and you know the way I feel, and we'll talk <laughs> about this on. some more. The way I feel about this is, Greg, if you need some more money, uh, I'm sorry, Governor Abbott, uh, we are on a first-name basis, uh, please <laughs> please let us know, and, because I think those spinny things in the river are cool. I think you're great. <laughs> they do the job, man. It reminds me of going to Slitterbond. You know, <laughs> it really does. You know? I don't want to find those in at Slitter, but they do the job, oh, man. They spin around. They're they fun. spin. You get you know, on hang on. You just go around and around in circles. They, they, you know, they do the job, yeah, man. They right. got that net that hangs underneath so you can't swim under them. You know, some badass came up with that. So, you know, no, bring, bring on the lawsuits. Yeah. We'll send the lawyers. Yeah. And while you guys are duking it out in court, 
we'll keep our spinny things right where they are, baby. And Pelosi spoke about um, <laughs> talking who, about spinny things. Who knows what? <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you hear that coming up as well with Ware and Rhyme at KTSA. Um, it's hot. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes, uh, it is. We're we're uh, we did not break a hundred yesterday, and we actually had. Did you get rain at your place? Yes, we did. Yeah, crap load yeah. One in the uh, afternoon. Yeah, we got it Saturday night, and right. then uh, yesterday, off and on, and off and on, and off and on. We had thunderstorms and all that, which were kind of unexpected. You know, we knew that there's a possibility that some stuff could crop up, so it was really great. Uh, to get it, my uh, lawn girl was out mowing the yard yesterday and got it all mowed before the rain hit. Right. It's uh, Nancy. and uh, I... <laughs> Your lawn. You did not just call your wife the lawn girl. She. That's what she is. She's my lawn girl. Your lawn girl. She really is, yeah. Yeah, she was out there yesterday morning, but, you know, she waited until 8 so she wouldn't wake up the neighbors. And I'm like, honey, it's 630. It's first light. Go. And she, I'm oh not going to wake God. up the neighbors. I'm like, get out there and hit it, baby. Go hit if it. I called my wife the lawn girl. She'd be taking off her rings and coming at me, man. <laughs> um, well, this, that's cool. Though, but I, this you, coming October. You guys enjoy lawn work, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, um, it didn't get to uh, 100 yesterday. It got to 99. And so we're back to 100 in the next several days. We have to restart counting the 100, 100 degree days. What, what I'm getting at here and what makes me think about all this. Did you see the videos, guys, breaking that windshield to get that baby out of that car? No, I oh, missed this. Oh, man. Very... Where was this? Arlington, Texas. Oh, it was in Texas? Yeah, man. Oh, no. Yeah, man. Wow. It's, it's H-E-B. And car parked at the H-E-B in Arlington. And little infant kid, I can't tell if it's a boy or a girl, is uh, in that car, and it's, you know, 5,000 degrees in that car locked in there. And somebody noticed it. And went over, and I don't know what it was—a hammer or a pole or whatever they had in their hand. They just started beat the snot of that windshield and busted that windshield to pieces to get uh, get that baby out of there. So thank God for them that the passersby saw the baby and I, you know, you know. Again, we we mentioned earlier the world we grew up in, which is dramatically different than the world we're currently living in. And you heard about this sort of thing every once in a while. It was so rare yeah. that you heard about this. And now it's all the time, and it's telling of where we are right now that we're so distracted that we'll forget a kid in the car. They locked they locked their keys inside the vehicle. Oh, and, oh no! And, yeah, and the heat just started climbing like crazy. And dude walked over with a tire iron, apparently, as the story goes here, and just started beating on the windshield. To, oh, so this wasn't a case where they left yeah, and no, oh oh no, oh oh. Apparently, they just accidentally locked, locked their keys in the car, and the baby mm. was was there with them. Now, I don't know the the final details about whether or not they went in the store, right? And came back out and realized, hey, I can't get in the car. All oh, the baby's in there too, which. Years ago, we were just talking about our COVID years together. Oh, yeah. Right? That was a joyous time. Yeah. (laughs) I remember going to Walmart during those years and not only having to wear the face mask and all that stupidness of six feet apart and all that crap that we Do you remember Walmart used to have the thing down on the floor? You had to go up this aisle and down that aisle. Yeah. Do you remember that? walking directions. And if you you went the wrong way, there was always a Karen with her phone to film you, to (laughs) scream at you. You're going the wrong way. I'd purposely like zigzag and walk backwards and I just did upset purpose, people. Yeah. Uh, but th- I, that's the first time I ever saw the yellow sign, big yellow sign on the Walmart door of a kid in the backseat of a car that said, did you check your back seat for your kid? Like, it's just kind of sad that we that we need to have such <laughs> signs, you know what I mean? Yeah. But we, But you know what? We do. Yeah. We are a distracted culture. Yeah, we sure all are. All of us. Me too. I mean, we're all distracted. Yeah. But you know, uh, we're all start staring at the little little shiny things in our hands, and uh, just stroll off and forget there's a baby in the car, and yeah. it's sad. It happens to dogs all the time. Well, that's not what happened here. Apparently, they locked the keys in the car, but right. there's the baby. Baby's fine, apparently. But here's these dudes. I'm I'm looking at the video right now, and they're beating that. Well, yeah. Get, thank God. Got to get in there, yeah, man. It doesn't man. take long. Thank God. Anyway, so <laughs> you know. Oh, uh, I was gonna bring up. Uh, what should I? Oh no, let's do this later. Uh, Elon is changing Twitter to X. X. <laughs> and uh, the little bird is going away, yeah. the little Tweety Twitter bird. Uh-huh. And uh, he just, he just, lo- well, first off, X is kind of his theme, right? SpaceX. Sure and he's kind of had the X thing going for a little while. That's so right. it makes sense that he would want to rebrand Twitter. Absolutely. But you know, it's just triggering so many idiots. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he loves it, man. That's why he does it. He didn't just say, hey, we're going to rebrand and uh, there are big changes coming. No, he had to rub it in and say, the bird's going bye-bye, man. <laughs> no more little blue bird and it's going to be black. It's going to be black, not blue, the color of the website. <laughs> and I'm going to call it X. He just, he just, lo- it must be fun to be him. Yeah. Because he, you know, he's, le- he's lost half the crap, half the money he put into this damn thing That's already. That's correct. That is right. Does he seem to care? Nope. Does it seem to be bugging him? Not at all. Well, because he's going to build the, the number one news site in the yeah. world, is going to end up being X. There's no doubt in my mind about it. You're right. That is his theme. X is his theme. But I love this idea of going bird hunting. I just think that's a great. <laughs> oh, right, Let's right, right. Let's go bird hunting and kill all them little blue birds. And he's, <laughs> right. And he's that was funny as hell. Yeah. And he's saying that it's going to be the everything app. Yeah. That Twitter is going to be the, the new Twitter called X will be the everything app. In other words, you'll go there for everything. I think uh, whether, right. whether it's video, making videos or posting videos or news or. Uh, whatever. I, I'm curious mostly, though, about the AI component and what that's going to be. I know. If there's going to be one. Right. But, you know, if it's an everything app, you know. Well, remember, he wrote Open uh, ch- open Chat or whatever it's called, yeah. that AI version of what he and that other guy wrote. Right. So he's, you know, he's out in front of all that stuff. The AI thing is just uh, Nancy's watching a series right now on, uh, on Jean-Luc Picard, and <laughs> AI oh. is a huge part of it. And she was just telling me about it because I'm not, I'm not watching, but she was telling me that the, the synths is what they call them for synthetic people. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. are the AI people mm-hmm. they're synths, right? Well, he's trying to bring peace with the synths and, uh, and all that because the, the synths are trying to kill the Romulans, but the Romulans are trying to kill all of them because the Romulans rejected all of that. Right. This is, this, this is the modern time, right? Right. The Romulans rejected all of the AI and synth stuff because they realized, they said, one day – the synths are going to kill us all. <laughs> so the Romulans are going around hunting the synths down and killing them. Well, isn't that interesting? It is because, you know, imagine fighting a war with something that's not even there. And, and you figure, you look at some of the robotic technology we're seeing, that it, it's getting more and more refined. It's, getting, it's going to get to a point, I believe, where you won't be able to tell a robot from a human being. You won't. And you plug in, plug in the AI consciousness. And, you know, you've created something that you may have to go to war with at some point for your very freaking existence. Because it sticks in my mind what the guy was saying last week, the guy, I forget which platform he was from, but saying that it's not going to matter whether the robot thinks it's real. It's not going to matter if the the robot or or the AI is sentient. All that's going to matter is that you believe it's sentient and that you believe it's an actual being of some kind uh because it's still going to be a machine no matter what you do that was the co-founder of google Google, who said we need to get ready for this because you know you you're going to be having sex with a robot whether you (laughs) not major whether whether you believe it's real or not (laughs) i I won't be having sex with anyone doesn't matter but but it's interesting Uh, there's a new uh dating website called keeper and the AI is matching singles on Keeper. Oh, great. Yeah. Right. So that's the headline. A scary new weapon on the battlefield of love. Would you let a machine pick your partner? And you know what? Everybody's saying yes. I would. Well, I already absolutely. sort of did because I found my wife on online. It was on Facebook, right? <laughs> on Facebook and, yeah. my, and uh, whatever the dating site is. I don't remember Match, now. Match.com. Match. Com. Yeah. Right. But the, the real will turn the corner when it gets to be, you know, AI is not only finding your mate for you. AI is your mate. Uh-huh. That's and at the that point, point <laughs> you're in Creepyville, man. Shoo-wa. Uh, it's all over then. Gigi just sent me a note, by the way. Who's this? Gigi. Uh, and she was reminding me of something I said last week when the Jason Aldean story uh, song became the big thing. And right. Don't try that in a small town. Yeah, like Sutherland Springs. And oh, there's, yeah. There's Stephen Williford waiting for you. Yeah, it didn't you really work that, out for that guy very try, well that day, did it? Try that crap in a small town like a Southern Springs, and there's a there's a Stephen Williford there. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, go right ahead, sir. Well, uh, we you and I talk about this quite a bit. Uh, the We're, we're kind of seeing with each consecutive generation or each generation that comes along less and less of a belief in God, less and less of a of following a, a, li- a, fa- a life of faith, basically. And Gallup just put out some new numbers. Uh, three in ten Americans do not believe in hell or the devil. 
in fact, the numbers where they asked people about these five things, God, angels, heaven, hell, the devil. And while it's we're still in the slight majority of folks who do believe in these things, uh, the numbers are at uh, record lows since they've been tracking this, which is about 20 years. I think they started roughly around 2001. Yeah, 2001. Uh, and they see it as age-specific and that you get into the 18 to 34-year-olds. And, you know, it's really on the decline uh, a belief in these things. And I don't think it's lost on any of us that we're we're seeing this at the same time. Technology, like a lot of the things we're just talking about, AI is kind of on the ramp, Mm. you know, going upwards Mm -hmm. uh, very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, we, we do live in a very narcissistic culture uh globally with with the internet and social media and all that stuff and unfortunately it's kind of tracking with the, the the direction of this country right absolutely um that's another one of those things i don't know how you turn it around i mean uh, the jesus revolution was kind of a great moment and you had those 24-hour services that were going on largely populated by college kids which i thought was a great thing mm-hmm uh, but I, I, I think increasingly younger people, they, it's just not something they're into. They just, they weren't raised that way, mm-hmm. which I think was the big failure of maybe my generation of parents, uh, because it's just not a part of their lives. You and I grew up in a time where it was without question. It was a part of your life. You know, I think back my, in the, even no matter where we lived, we always found a church. My church family was my extended family. Absolutely. You know, yeah, and sure. you depended on them, and they, they depended on you like family. I got friends that I'm still friends with 40 years later. You know, some of it, I think, too, is the media church, which I think yeah. it's, it, it's a blessing and a curse. Been that, um, you know, it's a blessing for so many that you can go to church anywhere now through your phone or your computer. You don't have to go to a church that's down on the corner, but that's where the curse comes in, too, in that you don't go to the church that's down on the corner. So many people choose to do it online watch the services, oh, yeah. you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so that sense of community gets lost because you're not going and meeting with other believers. You know, Paul was very clear, don't forsake meeting together. You know, and there was a reason for that. Well, it's, it's you know, and I'm not saying it from the perspective of somebody who's actively doing that right no. now. I'm not, but no. I know no. the value of going to a building with people in it, yeah. which was something that also got kind of screwed over during the COVID Boy, years. didn't it, yeah. And I think it, it kind of normalized this idea of, of doing things online, right. but it's just not the same. It's nope. really just not the same experience because you're not interacting with people directly. And the thing is, when you're, when you're at a church, and you know this, I mean, you see people at their greatest and you see people at their worst yep. when they're just at the worst point of their lives. So I, I think it's sad. I, I don't know how you... I don't know how you turn it around. I really don't. Usually when you have the worst point of your life, like you lose your kids or something like that, it's the church people that are first to show up. Sure. Right? Or you have a loved one who's laying in the hospital in their final final days, and it's the church people who show up. Uh, Your friends may come by for a visit, but it's the church that comes and gathers around you at that moment. And we are definitely losing that. I, I think of Europe. There's a lot of comparisons between where Europe was last century and where we are now. The secularization of Europe was right. a big, big deal, and the church became almost back to its original state of a, of a, uh, a you know, a, a government entity, if you will, right. in that part of the country. And that's happening a, a lot here, too. Um, we can blame a lot of different things. I think, you know, one thing is <laughs> it came up this weekend. It's interesting. Uh, on one of my news feeds, there was Barack Obama giving that speech where he said, you don't need a messiah. You don't need a savior. You know, don't quit waiting on a Messiah. Quit waiting on a Savior. Basically, here I am. Right. You me. need a Savior, but it's called the U.S. government. That's right. <laughs> here, here I am. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so yeah. a lot of people have now put the government in place of God in their lives. The government did that, too. You know, we're going to oh, usurp yeah. the, you know, we're going we're gonna to give the handouts. We're gonna, we'll do the welfare. That was always the church that did that. Well, sure, yeah. and, and the church, you know, especially small church, we talk about small towns, small town churches, neighborhood churches, we have a lot of neighborhood churches in this town, mm-hmm. they're the backbone of any community. They're, they're the ones out there really doing the work of helping people in need, Right. and it's it's being replaced by a digital, you know, church, and, and what's even more bizarre, because you're right, the, the government wants to be that in your life. But you couple that with the idea that a lot of reaction to government stuff, and 
support of government stuff is very cult-like. And the people who are woke and the people who are pro-tranny stuff and the wo- people who are still pro-Biden and whatever, they, they are like religious obsessives. I mean, they're, they're, well, they they're like zealots in that you don't question their orthodoxy in any way, shape, or form. They, they've already gone over to the government is God. Totally. They're already there, you know. And it is a cult. Yeah. Um, the same way, believe it or not, atheism is a religion. It is a cult to be an atheist. You have to have more faith to believe, in, as far as I'm concerned, because I've looked at the evidence. You have, to be more fa- you have to have more faith to be an atheist than you do to be a Christian. You have to really buy off on something that the, all the evidence points away from, right? Well, you, you have to abandon scientific evidence to have faith in atheism. And it's the same thing with the cult of, of, uh, of personality that's in our, our government system today. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And, and the atheism thing is weird because you're right. People react to any criticism of atheism, again, <laughs> like religious nuts. I mean, yeah. they, they really do. And it's always seemed odd to me because atheism isn't really anything. It's not a philosophy. It's a non-belief in something. Right, right. I'm not going to sit here and defend to you my non-belief in unicorns. Right. But if you're an atheist, no, there's no unicorns. There's right. no uni- I mean, that's that's how they re- they treat that non-belief, which is really just kind of a vacuum. They spent on, as a worldview, and it's bizarre. They spent a lot of time fighting against a god they say is not yeah, there. Yeah, why do you care? <laughs> if so, you're an atheist, why do you yeah. care what people believe right. in? I, I I pray for a revival all the time that we do get back to godly principles because that's how we got to be the greatest nation this this world has ever known. Oh yeah, was the godly principles that our forefathers believed in, and I hope we head right back there. I would love to see it happen. I I I, I think you know maybe we talk about saturation point quite a bit that yeah. when a lot of the stuff of the world really isn't quenching your thirst anymore, really isn't nourishing you anymore. In fact, quite the opposite. Yeah, I think people tend to react by going towards god by going towards an idea of faith because everything else has sort of disappointed them if you will do you remember my dear uh, wormwood do you remember screw tape letters yes CSS? yes i just started a book this weekend by steve deese called nefarious mm. a nefarious plot and uh, it's based uh, largely on that type of of deal so he he pulls back the veil between here and heaven and hell and lets you see what's going on behind the right. scenes the world that we can't see and anybody who is in that you started ta- you know quoting those numbers that people don't believe in heaven and hell you might want to pick this book up because it shows it pretty pretty graphically right, right one more gift from greg abbott to california what's this 44 from colombia china <laughs> haiti honduras mexico peru and venice Shreela. Shreela. Right. He sent him over there on Saturday in an air-conditioned bus. You know, they, they chow on the way, you know, nice, <laughs> nicely taken. I think they were all in first-class seats on the Rock buses. On, on there, you know. so And they all wanted to go, by the way. So, Javier, they all wanted to go. And so you can't you can't go after him. Uh, they came from Brownsville. Right. On the same day in Los Angeles, got their panties in a one. Is that in 44 over here? On the same day that we sent the 44... We got seven hundred in that in that one Brownsville sector. Right, right. right. The day before that, we got nine hundred and forty-one. So we're averaging a right. thousand a day. Okay. Right. In that one sector, that's down in Brownsville. You consider coming on up the entire border and right. how many we're you know we're taking in here, and um, so you know g- good on Greg Abbott because he's still sending them out left and right to these various cities. We talked last week about Mayor Adams in New York who said, no more, we can't have any more in here, you know, all that. Well, guess what? You're getting a tiny, tiny little fraction right. of what we're getting here. So good on Greg Abbott, another 44. And by the way, one, one other thing, um, I, I watch a lot of these videos of these guys that are down there because you don't have ABC's not going down there, right, CNN's right. not going down there. So you got independent journalists who are down there videoing it and posting on their sites what's happening down there. And we are bringing in a ton of young military age chinese guys a ton <laughs> that's great these guys are lined up for miles down at our border just got to say well you know as for the as for the the buses you know uh, here's my dealio at this point you know what eric adams you know what uh gavin newsom uh any of you other uh yahoos who are screaming and yelling about how inhumane this is and you don't like it when greg abbott sends a busload of migrants uh to your to your city yeah i'll have i'd have more respect for these guys if they said you know what 
uh, we've learned a few things over the past couple of years. We're no longer a sanctuary city. Correct. We're not going to be a sanctuary city. And in New York City or in L.A., uh, Philadelphia, wherever the hell you want to, they're all sanctuary, stated sanctuary That's cities. That's correct. We're not going to be that anymore, so stop sending the buses. Right. You know. No, you're right. But, you're, but you think you'll ever hear those no. words from a guy like Eric Adams? No. No, but that's, that's the point. In Chicago. Is they know? spent all that time, years and years and years, send oh, us yeah. your tired, your hungry, your poor. Nuremberg. Yeah. yeah. Send, them, send them here and we'll take care of them if you don't want them. And they didn't mean one word. As, no. as usual, they didn't mean it. They were talking out of their pie holes. They yeah. were. And so, you know, out I'll tell you what. Butts. Out of their butt up batocchials. <laughs> you, you, you step forward then and say, you know what? We're not a sanctuary city anymore. Martha's Vineyard is off limits to migrants, yeah. you know, and then be somebody. Right. Might, maybe I'll respect you a bit, but you're, they're trying to have it both ways. They're trying to have Election it. Election time either. rolls around. They want the brown skids to vote for them. Yeah. So we're a sanctuary. You don't have to live in the shadows here. Well, let me point out one other thing, too, that if the mayor of Los Angeles or the mayor of New York, uh, Mr. Adams, if they, were, if, they were decided to, if they decided to call the White House about this issue, like tell the president to do something about this. The president would take their calls. They won't. He won't take a call from Greg Abbott. No. So, guys, if he you hates re- him. yeah, this is a problem that Joe Biden has brought on you. Greg Abbott didn't bring this problem on you. Joe Biden did, and his policies. If you want it to end, call Joe Biden. He'll take your call. <laughs> he will. Yeah, because you're blue state, blue city or guys. Whomever is actually running the well, event, you yeah, may not get right. Biden on the phone because he might be napping. But you'll right. you'll get somebody on the phone. Right. Damn skippy if Eric Adams calls the White House or Gavin Gavin Newsom just strolls on in. Yes, he does. Probably doing blow with Hunter, you know, in the you West never know. Or, so, or might be hitting the bong with Hunter's uh, attorney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a jackass. Um, okay, now, this is off the subject. Way off the subject. When we bought the house we're in now, I had my first encounter with an aerobic water purifying system. Now, basically what this does, takes the, oh, yeah. takes the gray water. Right purifies it to 98% pure because I pump a bunch of bleach down in there every month <laughs> and squirts it back on your lawn. Right. Right. <clears throat> the first time I had an encounter with a guy that works on those systems as part of your septic system, uh, he had been doing it for like 55 years. And uh, he told me, Trey, that's 98% pure when it comes out them squirters <laughs> down there. 98. <laughs> he said, you can drink what comes out them squirters down there. And I told him, I said, Andy, you go first. (laughs) But, you know, there's a beer now, Epic One Water Brew. They're making it from purified shower, laundry, and sink water. Excellent. It's recycled water, and they're making beer from it. Uh, Bill Gates uh, is funding this thing called Reinvent the Toilet. I don't know. (laughs) Reinvent the toilet? I What's wrong with the I, one we have now? I, I have no idea. Reinvent seems, the toilet. Seems to work fine for me. Yeah. So anyway, uh, this one is this this beer made from purified shower, laundry, and uh, and uh, and sink water. Now, I thought about this. Would you drink beer? Now, you don't drink anymore, but would you drink beer from recycled wastewater? When I was drinking, I drink beer made from condor sweat. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> I, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't care to get me going. Yeah, no, no worries. I'll drink toilet water, sure. Well, now, I've thought about this over the twenty years that I've had an aerobic system, and uh, all water is recycled. Think about Pretty much, that. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It doesn't go anywhere, right? <laughs> all water is recycled. It's here on the ground, and then it goes up there and it comes back. We had a bunch of rain recycled yesterday in my neighborhood. Exactly right. <laughs> so all water is recycled. Okay, finally, uh, there is a site called Hinge. It's kind of a dating site. Right. right. Hinge. That's what they call it? That's what they call it. <laughs> That's funny in and of itself. I had Jimmy check into it because he's our resident single dude. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of us are old married farts. Yeah. Thank yeah. God. And so Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy's single. So he checked into a Hinge, and the story is this Rebecca Fomich is on there. She goes by Becca Mitchie. And uh, she had a first date with a guy off a of Hinge. This is like your dating sites, you know? Right. Your match.com and all that. And um, and she's out on this first date. It was great. The first date was wonderful. The dude was great. They went to Central Park. They had hot dogs in Central Park. They had drinks. It was a wonderful time. So they had a second date. So they're off on the second date. Everything's going great. She's really digging this dude. And he starts looking her in the eye really affectionately. And she's thinking, wow, he's getting pretty serious here because he's staring me down. I wonder if he's going to kiss me or what. And he says, do you mind if I take care of this for you? 
and it was a pimple between her eyes oh, on her no. forehead. No, <laughs> to pop to pop the pimple. No. Do you mind if I pop the pimple on your forehead? <laughs> on your uh, during forehead. A, their second date. Second date. Second date. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, yeah. did she let him? <laughs> she didn't say – she actually didn't say whether she let him do it or not. But wow. when she posted it online – Squirt. I, yes, that's right. We were talking about this earlier. When she posted it online, all the people were like, that's a keeper. You need to say yes to him, marry that dude, because he is absolutely the kind of husband you want. You don't get the sense in any way, shape, or form that he might be a little freaking nuts. <laughs> that he wanted to pop a no. face zit on the second date. He felt that comfortable on the second date that he was no. willing to say to her, "No, do you mind if I take care of this?" He's got OCD, and it was bothering him. <laughs> That's he's, true. He went Howard Hughes on her. He's going to start organizing her peas on her plate at some point. Well. He popped a zit. Now that that's no, that's creepy and weird. You've been married forty years, maybe. But, but you know, but wait that's a, a weird way to get the first base. Yeah, though, you, come on, Jimmy. Jimmy <laughs> met it. Tell, tell him. Tell him the booger story. Oh God, you got to hear the booger story. Yeah. So I'm in Steamboat for the music festival, and I'm walking with friends, and he introduced me to this girl I've never met before. And immediately I say hi, I'm Jimmy. She said, Hey, hold, hold on, hold on. And she reaches up and pulls a booger hell, off the side of man, my nose. What the hell, man? <laughs> and I was like, wow. And she goes, oh, I, I have kids. Don't worry about it. I'm snotty all the time. Yeah. yeah. See, but, but that's the kind of person no. you want to be with. No, Because they're not. real comfortable no, with you. No, that's somebody who's And crazy. they wouldn't but, let me look bad. They love no. you. And, right. She, no. Like if you, okay, your beard. You have a very thick, yes. thick beard. You can grow a beard in 10 minutes. It's very thick. Right. If you were to go over here to the taqueria and you got a little enchilada sauce hanging there. <laughs> right? Right. Would you rather somebody say something about the enchilada sauce or nothing at all? I'd you rather to... you or James or my wife tell me, but not somebody I just freaking met. Why? And it, it, enchilada <laughs> sauce is one thing. Why not? But somebody reaching over and pulling a bug out of your nose on second on the second date or popping a zit? No, there's something called boundaries at some point, you know, very early on. No, I don't want people pulling snot out of my schnoz on the second date. So if you've got a zit on your forehead, you wouldn't want... Don Morgan can pop it because we're close. Right. But nobody, I'm not going to like some chick I don't know. I don't really? want somebody coming up to me I don't know popping a zit on my face. So, I mean, we're out doing some sort of promotional thing, a remote broadcast somewhere? I just somewhere. said Don Morgan but or I'm you. A listener. a listener could come up and say, no, I, I don't want listeners I, popping I like my I, zits. I listen to you guys every day. No, I feel you like can't I pop you. my zit. You're like members of the family. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, next we, we were playing your show as, as our third child was being born. We were playing your right. show. You wanna, can, can I pop your zit, please? You want to pop my zit? I, I envision in my head being strapped to a bed in your living room at some point, getting well, hobbled. You know, I don't know. What's I don't, wrong with that? That sounds no, like a good weekend no, to me. No, I saw misery. No, I don't want somebody popping you know my zits. Yeah. That could be fun on a weekend. No, sure. it's not. <laughs> Holy crap. What are we talking about? I heard you guys talking about Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, yeah. Now, I will be honest with you. I watched a fair amount of that in Corpus one night. Yeah. It's I actually kind of oddly satisfying I once can't. you get out, go, get over how horrible it is. I cannot watch it. Ah, it's, you know, it's, it's a I nice kind of release. I saw it one time, and I said, oh, my God. That looked like, what is that stuff in the can, Cheese Whiz? I said, no, nah, I don't want anything to I do with it. I see something looking like clam chowder coming out of oh, some guy's head, man. Oh. <laughs> Nasty. Come on. Anybody Do you know how insanely popular that so, show is? So everybody's eating. Oh, popular. I know. I know. Popular. You, you combine that with this dating thing, it's like Fifty Shades of Dermatitis. Really? <laughs> Fifty Shades of Dermatitis. All How right. about a little you and me watching Pimple Popper? <laughs> yeah. Pimple Popper and chill. Drink, drink our recycled watered beer. Drink our toilet beer. <laughs> Rock on. It's a good weekend. There's a date night. Well, I, I, I don't, I'm not on Reddit, but when it makes the news, I kind of follow this am I the a-hole thing. It's yeah. really kind of funny, fascinating to me because mm -hmm. it's little everyday things that people do. We do too, yeah. And then you put it out there to see am I the a-hole. And we have an interesting one that came up this weekend where you have a guy that was traveling with a bunch of friends, and they're flying someplace, and they had a, a apparently a fairly lengthy stopover, layover someplace. Uh, so the guy, and they're all trying to fly kind of cheap, but the guy, they had one of these VIP lounges, and he went to his friends. Have you, you heard this? He goes to his friends and says, hey, look, we can pay this one fee 
to get in there, and then the drinks are free, the food's free, there's a shower, you can take a nap. You know, why don't we go do that while we're here? And they didn't kind of blew him off. And so the guy said, okay, so he went to the VIP lounge, had a nice shower, had a nice nap, you know, ate some food, had a couple of drinks, and then came back and said, wow, that was really cool. You guys should have, and they, they, they said he was being the a-hole because he ditched his friends. <laughs> But he offered it to him. He offered that to after to him. But, but like 70,000 people reacted to this thing, and they all pretty much said, no, you're being the ill because you, you ditched your friends. No. He, he nope. told them nope. what he was going to do. Yep. And he, he invited them, them to yep. go, mm-hmm. and they didn't do it. Yep. And he figured out they actually ended up spending more money on drinks and food you know than that. he did. Yeah. You know that. Because you know how expensive that crap is Absolutely. in an airport. We, well, we go to those places. Whenever there's a there's those sky lounges or whatever they right. or whatever they call them are available, we'll go into one, and it is, man. It is a respite from the stupidity of the airport system in air, America. Airports are crazy places yes. at this point, man. Yes, and that is a real – There's a, uh, actually, uh, Epcot Center has one, too, for oh, DVC wow. members. as a club, uh, uh, Disney club. And uh, you can go upstairs and get out of the heat, and they got food and drinks and all that right. kind of stuff. Where it's a, it's a nice little place. No, he offered. They turned him down. That's on you guys. That's on yeah, y'all. You're the a holes yeah, in man. the room, man. Yeah, my brother did nothing wrong, nah. there, man. He's just taking care of business. He let y'all know knew what you what he was going to do, and y'all turned on him. Yeah, so no. suffer. I would do the same thing, guys. If y'all want to go, we'll pay this thing and we'll yeah. go together. If you don't want to go, I'm still going, sure. baby. I'm still going to go. You so. Know? Well, but yeah, haven't you noticed that on many of these, am I the a-hole, okay, the people tend to go with, yeah, you're the a-hole. Oh, of course, yeah. And do. yet, yeah. nine times out of ten, I'm sorry, yeah. the person isn't the a-hole. Right. And he wasn't in this situation. Right. So, that's funny. Well, the guy on the pimping of the pop, uh, p- popping the pimple, <laughs> pimping of the popple. Pimping of the popple. <laughs> Was he an a-hole? <laughs> the guy, yes. Yes. <laughs> You reach over and pick. No, yes, he was the a hole. It's weird. It wasn't her for letting him. What's that? It, no, she, I, she... I just I think people doing that is just odd in it's general a weird on, thing, on a isn't date it? night. Yes, I agree with you. Let me tell you, set the record straight. This October will be forty years for us wow, around the sun. Forty trips around the sun. Bless you. I still ain't popped a pimple on her, <laughs> and I won't. I'll see you in the morning. We'll see you then. Love you, San Antonio.